Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 134 in Edmonton Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers you curbside pickup, takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. John, we're going to drag you into a conversation here. John Shannon's our NHL insider. Um, is Kyler Yamamoto a top six NHL forward, in your opinion? Yes, he is. I, have, yeah. I would have no qualms putting him on one of my two top lines uh, in the NHL. And I think he proved that. I, the sample size is small, uh, but I think when you saw what he did and how the team reacted to him, uh, I, would, uh, I would have no qualms about him being a top six forward on my hockey club. Mike has texted the show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Noti Yamamoto was a top six without supporting cast of elite linemates, dry settle and nuge. He was too small and effective in the playoffs where it matters. Uh, you know, how about we play more than four games in the playoffs? You know, yeah, like it, the Oilers had a guy, the, Jordan Everly, 13 games. He struggled in his first playoffs, and I actually thought he made a couple plays that led to goals, Yamamoto. Go ahead, John. I cut you off. No, I, I, I listen. Uh, I I think it's very difficult to use the return to play tournament as an example of everything, particularly when they hadn't played in four months and there was limited practice time. Uh, I, I think what you have to do is is take that January to March uh, side uh, group of games and say, hey, listen, he, you know, he he did his job. And you know what? If you play with Leon and you play with Connor, yeah, I mean, you you are you're going to get opportunities. But in so many ways, he was a catalyst for this hockey club. And and uh, I would uh, I would be uh, very reluctant if I'm Kenny Holland to. Uh, uh, if anybody phoned and said, okay, we'll take him off your hands, I'd be very reluctant. He's wow. got to be somebody they're going to build around, even with his size. Because yeah. I think the game, I think the game is, is changing, has changed, even though playoffs don't appear to change as much. I mean, I, I think Yamamoto is a big part of the future, and I would have no qualms playing him as a top six. John, I mean, if Seth Jarvis is there at 14 for Edmonton, a guy that many people, I'll tell you a story. Going back to 2014, a lot of guys that I knew that worked in the Western Hockey League were like, Stopper, there's a sleeper in Moose Jaw. This kid's going to, he's going to fall. He's not going to go in the first round or even in the first half of the second round. And you know who he's talking about. He was talking about, Bra- they were they were talking Braden about Braden Point. Braden Point, yeah. Well, Seth Jarvis is a lot. You know, he's he's even a better skater than Point at the same age. Now, he's a right wing. He's not a center. He's played mostly right wing in Portland. But he finished 28 points ahead of everybody else, plus 53. Hey, he's not huge. He's 5'10", 5'. I don't care. If he's there at 14, I'm taking him. Like, well, I'm not I'll tell you what, uh, you know, the, the Braden Point story is one that when you look. That he was, you know, I, w- I was actually looking at that draft last night, the, the 2014 draft, because I was trying to remind myself about Thatcher Demko and where he went. You know, he went, you know, high in the second round. Um, and Jim Benning was crowing that he had a really good draft early on. And, you know, Vertanen, McCann, Demko were the three guys that they took in the top 35. 
Uh, and, and then I kept looking down and looking down, and there he was, Braden Point, and uh, you know Al Murray never gets enough credit for being one of the great scouts of of, of this decade or this era uh, in Tampa, and did a marvelous job in getting him out of the Western League. They got three guys that are playing on their minor league team now that have not played a game, uh, you know, that I would have time for in Tampa. Just speaking of town, like one of them was there most of last year. That was Matthew Joseph. Okay, and then they got Boris Kachuk and they got the Radish kid. Any one of those three guys. I mean, and listen, it's a classic case of the rich getting richer because you, you know you you, you almost uh, you know you 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 plan on well we're going to draft uh, between 25 and 31 right now, 32 soon. We're going to draft there, so we better we better have our change of approach of how we draft and who we look for, and we're going to have to dig deeper. Uh, and, uh, and and let's face it, that's what the Red Wings did for how many years? Between '95 and 2009, uh, that's what they they built their their system and 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 then had the luxury of putting their guys in Grand Rapids, yeah. uh, just as Tampa can put their guys in Syracuse to you know to to ferment and to get better. And God, what a what a luxury that is. Well, again, the Oilers were drafting guys so high that those guys often, you know, number one, number three overall picks, those guys often can play uh, right away. We're joined by well, John. No, 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 no. They couldn't play, but they did play. Yeah. That's the problem. You know, they, you know, it, 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 to expect 18-year-olds uh, and, and everybody's expectation. It was the Are players, you suggesting to me, John? It was the teams, you... it was the fans, it was everybody's John, to play it's... at that level. Are you suggesting Taylor Hall wasn't good enough to play as a late-born player's first know, year? What are you on Twitter now? Is this what you're on? You're on Twitter, and you're just uh, we're I'm having fun. It's gonna... called Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, of course I'm not. He's not one of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Obviously, him and Connor were ready to go. Uh, sure. Nugent, but not Nugent, every 18-year-old that's drafted in the top 10 is ready to go. I'm talking top three. I'm saying okay. it's a little, little different at the top end of the food chain. Well, we're going to have that situation this year of Quentin Byfield. Because if I if I'm the L.A. Kings, I'm taking Quentin Byfield for the. You look at what happened with Kirby Doc, uh, living with Brent Seabrook, but mentoring with uh, Jonathan Taze. Yep. And if I'm the L.A. Kings, I'm taking Quentin Byfield at center, having him live in Andre Kopitar's guest house and being mentored by. I was, was going to say you weren't going to have him live with Dowdy, were you? No. <laughs> 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 no, he's going to live with A.J. Kopitar. Okay, that's better. And, okay. But uh, there's something to be said for that. All right, uh, let's, let's hit on some other things that are going right now. Are the are the Boston Bruins, is this the end of an Aaron boss? I, and, John, for the record, I don't think it is, but I'd like to get your thoughts. Well, I, you know, I mean, end of an era, is the Dano Chara going to retire? Uh, I mean, I don't think it ended the way he want, wanted. He's 43. He's still in great physical shape. Uh, I mean, what is next season like? Do you want to take that chance? I, I mean, I, I don't really know yet. I mean, what I do think is that, you know, past the perfection line, uh, and David Krejci's not young anymore, uh, you know, where where do they need to get better? I mean, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, the question, there's going to be questions in goal whether we like it or not. Uh, there wouldn't be if I was there, but uh, there's going to be questions. Uh, and and then w- how, what is their defense like? I mean, beyond Chara, uh, will they be able to sign Krug? Uh, Carlo is a pretty good defenseman. Grizzly's done his job. They they still have some pretty good parts. They're good on the right side. And They're the good way, on the right side. By the way, yeah. hard to believe. They really miss Sean Corelli. 
They really yeah. missed Sean Corelli in in that series against Tampa because he's such a catalyst. He does so many things. He uses his speed. He uses his size, and it changed the whole domino effect of what the forwards are supposed to do. Um, you know, and I mean, he's 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 not a top six guy, but he's one of those versatile depth guys that makes a difference for your hockey club. I don't I don't think the Bruins are done. I I, I think that if I'm uh, Cam and and uh, and and Don and 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 Bruce, I'd be I'd be sitting there saying, Hey, listen. We need one more kick. We need a couple of tweaks and one more kick at the can with this group. All right. Uh, you brought up something. You brought up a name, Jared McCann. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, he's a restricted free agent. Has he played mostly center or left wing the last couple of years? Center. Would you have any time? Would he make sense for Edmonton? Because they're, they're going to have to pay him a little bit more. Again, he's a restricted free agent. Uh, they went ahead and made the deal to get Kapanen. Yep. They've got they've uh, their top six is pretty damn good in Pittsburgh. Yep. <laughs> you know they got Gunsel and they got Zucker to go along with uh, Crosby and Malkin down the middle. Uh, now they have Kappen in there. Would would McC- do you think McCann would be an upgrade for Edmonton as a third line center? That's an interesting story. I, I, let me ask you this: Tell me his relationship with Connor McDavid. Jared McCann. Yeah. Well, did he not play against him? Yes. With Sault Ste. Marie, played on Sault Ste. Marie with uh, Darnell Nurse. And was in a couple of other events with, yes. with, Connor. with, with Connor. In the, I'd in like the world to, before I made that train, if I'm Kenny Holland, I'm picking up the phone and saying to Connor. What do you think of this guy? What do you think of this guy? And that to me would be the decision I would make. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I do. I, I think that happens a lot more now, Bob, than we realize that when you have, you know, elite players and their involvement in in decisions. But uh, if I'm Kenny, I'm phoning Connor saying, "Hey, listen, you played against this guy. What was your relationship with this guy? You played Hockey Canada events with him. Was he good to you? Is this guy a leader? Has he grown up? You know, there's a lot of questions I think that need to be asked between uh, the relationship between McCann and McDavid before you make that decision. Just uh, want to point out, Jim Matheson mentioned on Twitter today that uh, there is history with Glenn Gullitson and McCann from uh, Gully's days in Vancouver. And what guy, Darcy McLeod, who's doing an entire series on third-line centers, and one of the guys that he likes is Johan Larson, uh, pointing out that McCann has not uh, killed penalties extensively. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's also left-handed. In a perfect world, the Oilers would find a right-handed center. <laughs> There's a guy down in Calgary that has been bumped down to their fourth line that's a right-handed center that's 57% of the face-off circle and can kill penalties and was unbelievable uh, five-on-five plus-minus-wise the last two years. That's Derek Ryan. Uh, well, maybe well, next you, year. For... You, 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 you're, you've been on the Derek Ryan bandwagon like since you were six. <laughs> Am I right? Okay. Never go wrong. We move, let's move on because uh, if we get, I mean, getting getting you on the Derek Ryan bandwagon is like having Don Cherry talk about Doug Gilmore. There we go. I mean, it's, uh, it's, a little, it's a little much. Okay. Hey, I've I've always liked <laughs> I've always liked undersized competitive players from Spokane. Tyler Johnson, when he was an undrafted free agent, and the Oilers were in on him, as you know. Yep. Uh, Derek Ryan. And then uh, Connor Yamamoto. So yeah, well, there's you know, three. Well, you know, and, and listen, I, I'm amazed. Actually, I, I, through all this, you know, through, not to, to, to change the topic completely, but through all of this and what's gone on in Tampa, to see Tyler John, Palat seems to be getting a lot of notoriety. Kucherov won the 
the Hart Trophy, and Tyler Johnson is just still there doing his thing, not playing as much as the other two guys. How do, how, how do they do, like? How do they do it? Capitals. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, all those guys are come, they came right out of Cooper's camp. I think they were, when they won the American League Championship, they were in yeah. Norfolk that year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when they were the when they were the triplets, they, they were uh, they were quite something. And uh, that's again. A lot of this goes back to, uh, not to Steve Eisenman, a lot of this goes back to Al Murray, right? Sure, absolutely. He's done a great job scouting. Of course, he used to be the head scout for Hockey Canada. All right, John, I'm going to throw a total curveball at you. So I'm watching the 1980 NCAA uh, National Championship game between Georgia and uh, Notre Dame. And Lindsey Nelson is calling oh, that I game. Love now, all right, that's that's where I want it for for our younger demographic. I mean, Lindsey uh, had a very specific style. He was the voice of the Cotton Bowl forever. But uh, maybe educate our listeners on just the caliber of broadcaster this guy was. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny. The uh, there was Lindsey Nelson was a, a, an icon when I was a child. Uh, and ended up, you know, uh, working for, he was a big CBS guy for a, a long period of time when, when CBS had the National Football League before the American Football League was, was, uh, was where they were merged. Um, and then he, then he did what most people do when it comes to the pro football world is they morphed to college football. Uh, he ended up being the voice of Notre Dame football for the long period of time. But he was a classic radio play-by-play guy that turned to television. Was not built for television. You know, you, you know, he, he used to wear really bright jackets at one point, just part of his personality. Uh, but he had a good, solid uh, play-by-play. A very, in many ways, similar to what Don Whitman's style was. Uh, and a similar style voice, a, si- a similar timber in his voice. Uh, and, I mean, Lindsey Nelson used to do games all by himself at one point, which is which used to be the way it was. There wasn't yeah. a, an analyst or a color man beside you. There was, you were the announcer, and you did the whole game, and that's where Lindsey Nelson, uh, you know, he came out of a, a, a time and a, a place in the, in the late 50s, early 60s, uh, where there were they were legendary for their voices and became identifiable. And that was in the days of three TV channels, Bob, and not more than 10 AM radio stations. Well, so that's where Lindsey Nelson came from. His color man was Frank Broyles, who, as you know, was the head coach at Arkansas, Arkansas for ye- yeah. years and years. That means they were on ABC then, because yeah. Broyles only worked for ABC. And he, you talk, I, I don't know if you can have that accent today. Like, that is a, like, Frank Broyles is from Georgia. That is a deep southern, like, that is, like, that's a heavy accent. Like, t- today's voices tend to be a little bit more cleaner. But it was it was pretty cool just listening to them call the game and the wet because it's different than it is today. And I'm with you. It had much more of a, a radio translation oh, yeah. sound going oh, to TV. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's what we did. I mean, and it, that's, but that's how we morphed, right? I mean, it, it, radio and television started as newspaper writers that moved to broadcast to describe, and then they described everything they saw. Yeah. And there was never a why. It was always a what. What's yeah. going on? What's happening? And, you know, the, where the world changed in the mid-60s was that somebody said, well, we better tell people why things are happening, not just what. And that, and that came along because of instant replay. And instant replay really only started in 61 or 62, Bob. And that's when the need for that extra voice occurred, was you needed the guy who could do the play, and then you needed another guy to explain 
why it happened. Yeah, Broyles did a lot of work as well with Keith Jackson, who was also from Georgia. And Broyles, for years, was involved, and he was a member of the Augusta National Golf Club. Uh, He was part of the presentation for the Green Jacket in the 70s as well. Awesome stuff. Hey, uh, John, great, great stuff. Hook up next week, okay? All right, Bob. Talk to you soon. You bet. That's our NHL insider, John Shannon, 150 in Edmonton. We'll take a time out. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. It's 151 in Edmonton. It's a Wednesday. Tomorrow, truculent Thursdays. Guests will include Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeRusk. For Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, Brian Burke. And George LaRock. Truculent Thursday, tomorrow, on Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We've already done this day in Oilers history, uh, Brendan, but give me a bit of a, a, a reshot on that front. For sure. Uh, on this day in 1943, Glenn Sather is born in High River, Alberta. Slots played junior for the Edmonton Oil Kings starting in 1961 before a 10-year pro career. Of course, he was then the head coach and GM of the Oilers dynasty teams through the 1980s, winning five Stanley Cups. He remained with the Oilers franchise until 2000 when he accepted the GM position of the New York Rangers. All right, uh, this text comes in. And again, you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, we got somebody doing their homework. Bob, uh, Lindsey Nelson covered college football for 33 years, including 26 Cotton Bowls, five Sugar Bowls, four Rose Bowls, and 14 years announcing syndicated Notre Dame football games. He is in 13 separate Hall of Fames. I think he did the New York Mets as well, baseball one year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, another guy that did uh, Notre Dame football was Don Crickey, who many of you would remember doing NBC football. I thought he had a great voice, terrific voice. Remember the movie Rudy? Do you ever see Rudy, Brendan? I don't know. Is there a remake of it? If not, no, no. then I have. I definitely have. Okay, no. It was like from, I think Mark Spector named his son after uh, uh, the lead character, uh, Rudy Rudiger in uh, in Rudy. Anyways, Don Crickey is the play-by-play voice of the team that year. Uh, you can text us at 780 Uh Bob, just wanted to know whether this comes to us from Anita. Uh, just wanted to know what you think, uh, whether or not the orders get Sam Goddard back he's a very flexible forward in the lineup and he loves Edmonton uh, I got a lot of time for Sam Gagne the Oilers I mean I'm just gonna list the forwards right now okay Athens needs to be qualified three million bucks could be problematic so let's just go McDavid RNH Cassian dry settle Yamamoto with an open spot on the left wing uh, open spot right now third line center Nygaard and Archibald on the wings, Haas, Neal, and Chason, Kara and Patrick Russell. So the Oilers need a guy that can contribute on the second line left wing and a guy at third line center. Two spots, unless the moves come in with one of their existing wingers. And that doesn't include giving a kid like Tyler Benson an opportunity. Maybe they have to go down that road. And that's if they don't qualify Athens to you. Um, so, not sure. Uh, I am like you, though. I'm a big fan of Sam Gagne. 
this text comes in. Mike wants to add, uh, Bob, I just want to clarify in Yamamoto. Mike was the one that said he was too small and effective in the playoffs where it mattered. Uh, to clarify, Yamamoto, not yet a top six, still in development with upside, proven by relatively weak and smaller team against Chicago. Definitely a huge potential future asset, as John alluded to. Uh, <laughs> The puck didn't bounce for Yamamoto in that series. Tried a little hard. Four games in, I mean, think about it. Four games in, Edmonton and San Jose, Leon Dreisaitl hadn't emerged yet in the 2017 playoffs. He got going in Game 5, helped set up the game-winning goal in Game 5 in overtime by David Deharney. Scored the, I think he scored the first goal in Game 6, and then he was unbelievable against Anaheim. So, you know, four games that's that's the problem in all of this it's four games you're evaluating a lot on the frustration of four games and i get it because you care and you had greater expectations and so did everybody again our guest tomorrow for canadian power pack brian burke uh, louis debrus george larock tonight on inside sports with reed wilkins what's shaking mr escott uh let me dig up the text message here it's a busy show you're going to hear from kelly rudy four-time briar champion world champion and olympic gold medalist kevin martin and uh, leslie uh, shrivener um, author of terry fox his story yeah, that is, uh, I know I saw a lot of stuff. Rex Chapman put a tweet out yesterday as well on Terry Fox, just a, a, a legendary Canadian. No question about that. Uh, and yesterday was the anniversary, September 1st, 1980, of uh, Terry having to conclude uh, his uh, Marathon of Hope after having cancer get into his lungs. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jaylen Nye. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.